Thank you, young people. Thank you, for I'll turn my light out. Thank you, Grant and Garrison, for the song that you sang. I always appreciate those specials that when they come forth. We thank God for all of our young people. You look up into this auditorium, and there's 20, 20 uh, little ones up here. I call them little ones. They're, they're all little to me. They're our little children. It's always a blessing, and knowing that we have quite a few that are out today on count of sickness, so pray for them. Again, uh, Hadley, or Hazley, she's sick, and and uh, just pray, you know, Jennifer just come in, Rhett, he got sick on the way over, so pray for him. They had to go back home, so I know there's a lot of sickness out there, so be much in prayer, especially for our little ones. Pray God will just bless in a very special way. Pray for our service today. Pray God will just be gracious unto each and every one of us. I believe the message that we have that the Lord's laid on our heart is one that I believe that every sinner in this house can get a hold of. I'm talking about saved sinners and lost sinners. In the book of Ezekiel, if you will, to chapter 18... We see a portion of Scripture that without a shadow of a doubt should cause each and every one of us to consider our lives. The lives that we're living today as saved children of God and the lives that lost sinners are living this very moment. Realizing that in a day coming, there's going to be a great day of reckoning come. And even those of us who are saved by God's amazing grace, one day will stand at the beam of seat of Christ. And I'll just be quite frank with you and quite honest. That concerns me. Even as a pastor of one of the Lord's true churches, it concerns me that I will stand and give an account one day from my own life. For the life I lived as a Christian, for the life that I have lived as a pastor. For the preaching and pastoring I have done in my, in my years. Uh, you know, one day it's all going to come out. And I tell you, that, that sometimes gets a hold of me. I, I can stand here right now. I have chills that run up and down my back and my legs. It's for, it's for fear of a day coming. And I know I'm saved by God's amazing grace, and I fear not where I shall spend eternity. But to stand before the Almighty Sovereign Son of the universe, who gave His life for me, who saved me by His amazing grace, has caused me to be drawn unto Himself, who have given me every opportunity to make the best of my life. I'm afraid that one day I'll stand and I'll see how often I have failed my very God, my Savior. And that does concern me. That concerns me a great deal for myself, for my church family, for all the saved and redeemed of God. For oftentimes, I believe we fail to bring that to our memory. 
that one day every man's going to give an account for his own life. And for the things done in this body, whether they be good or whether they be bad, as it says there in the book of 2 Corinthians. We're going to have our works tried. As I spoke of Wednesday night, it's either going to come out as ash or it's going to come out as gold tried by fire. That's, a, that's an awesome thing to consider today. It's an absolute terrible thing to get a hold of. But then I go back and I think about those that may not be saved today. And I asked the question that was asked in Ezekiel, why sit you here and die? Why do you continue to refuse the Almighty God of heaven? The Bible states in, in Ezekiel 18 and 4, All souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Again in verse 20 of Ezekiel and 18, it is worded once again, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. In Ezekiel 18, verse 21, down through verse 32, we see an important message to all people. To everyone that's gathered in this house today and to all those that hear in radio land or around this world by sermon audio, there's a great thing to be had here. The Bible says in verse 21, But if the wicked will turn from all his sins, that he hath committed and keep all my statutes, and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live, he shall not die. All of his transgressions that he hath committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him. Oh, that's one thing that a redeemed child of God can praise him for. Amen. That all of our trespasses have been cast behind him, never to be brought up again. Folks, that's a wonder. And as I stand here today as a pastor, saved man of God, I still stand amazed that my God has cast all of my trespasses and all of my sins have been cast behind Him, never to be brought up again as it says in this text. He says, They shall not be mentioned unto Him. In His righteousness that He hath done, He shall live. Have I any pleasure at all in the Wicked, that the wicked should die, saith the Lord God. And not that he should return from his ways and live. But when the righteous turneth away from his righteousness, and committeth iniquity, and doth according to all the abominations that the wicked man doth, shall he live? All his righteousness that he hath done shall not be mentioned. And his trespass that he hath trespassed, and in his sin that he hath sinned, in them shall he die. 
Yet ye say, the way of the Lord is not equal. Isn't that the way it is today in the world? I mean, that's the reason why, Brother Jim, this book is so hated. Because men are given the responsibility to understand their own unrighteousness. And yet men hate the very Word of God. They believe that God's Word is unequal. I've heard people say, well, how can your God save some and send others to hell? Well, to be honest with you, the way it is, we were all going to hell. Every last one of us are born in sin. And because we're born in sin, hell is the destiny for all ungodliness, for all who hold not the truth of the Word of God in righteousness. So God's way, I would declare, is equal. Here now, O house of Israel, is not my way equal? Are not my ways, are not your ways unequal? When a righteous man turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and dieth in them, for his iniquity that he hath done shall he die. And again, the wick, when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed, and doth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive, because he considereth and turneth away from all his transgressions that he hath committed. He shall surely live. He shall not die. Yet the house of Israel, yet saith the house of Israel, the way of the Lord is not equal. O house of Israel, are not my ways equal? Are not your ways unequal? Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, saith the Lord God. Repent, and turn yourselves from all your transgressions, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. Cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby ye have transgressed, and make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord God. Wherefore, turn yourselves... And live ye. I want to bring a message this morning. Repent and turn ye to the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne today, we do so with thankful hearts. Not only is our hearts thankful today for our great salvation, but I am humble today. Realizing my sinfulness and yet your willingness to forgive. Lord, I pray today that in this house of worship, where thy children have gathered to praise and give honor unto thee, Father, I pray that every lost soul that's in this place will also know there is a need to turn and a need to live. Lord, I pray that your power would rest in this house. I pray, dear God, that thy glory will fill this place of worship. 
And every person in this place may feel and know thy presence is near. Dear God, we pray for the many that are sick and on beds of affliction. We pray today, O Father, that you would stir that healing motion within them. That, Lord, they may soon be back with us. Lord, I pray that you'll be with us in a special way today. Once again, I'm asking for thy presence in this place. I pray, dear God, that you would move upon me with an unction from on high. Lord, may thy spirit move my lips and my tongue. May thy spirit stir my mind to the things that we have studied. Lord, bring to my memory and bring to my conscience everything that you wish to be brought out. Father, we praise you today. We ask, O oh God, that you forgive us our sin. In Jesus Christ's name, and amen. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends and our radio audience, our message today comes from the halls of history. Even back in Ezekiel's day, God moved upon all who would hear to adjust and amend their ways and turn themselves to God and away from their transgressions. This message is still relevant in today's society. God still reaches out to the masses and declares as He did in the Old Testament days, for why will ye die? Why do mankind sit ye here and die in their sin? Why do any refuse to cast away from you all your transgressions whereby ye have transgressed? Why will you who have gathered in this house of worship today, why will you not make you a new heart and a new spirit? God's Word truly declares that He has no pleasure in the death of him that dieth. So why will you not turn yourselves and live? Today I'll leave with you this responsibility to look and live or turn or die. I say, as the Word declares, repent and turn from all your transgressions so iniquity shall not be your ruin. A whole lot is said even in that introduction. And I pray that everyone in this house today and I would beg for the undivided attention of those of you who do not claim Jesus Christ as Savior. I would pray that you would stop and focus upon what has been said. Ezekiel was a man of great wisdom. And Ezekiel had a great deal of information given him straight from the very God of heaven. This says he... Why set you here and die? I say the same thing to each and every one of us that are saved by God's amazing grace. You know, this week as I was sitting in my study each and every morning as I was reading this scripture, every day as I opened up my Bible early in the morning, and I would read this 
chapter 18. And I would have to come to a conclusion in my own mind. How blessed God has blessed me. How much has He blessed me. Knowing that my soul is His. He has called me unto Himself. He has given me the word of knowledge. He has given me the words of wisdom. Come ye unto me. All ye ends of the earth. Today we look at this first portion of our message. The very first point I want you to see is the first promise of hope that is given. The Bible states in Ezekiel 18 and 21, the very first stanza, But if the wicked will turn from all their sins, this is where every born again believer comes to when conviction delivers a blow against our own conscience. When God's Word convicts us of our own shortcomings, it moves us It compels us to turn from all of our unrighteousnesses. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 2, if you want to look at that with me, I normally don't say if you want to look. I beg of you to look at the Word of God. The Bible states in Acts 2 and verse 37, Now when they heard this, What was the message that they heard? They heard of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. They heard of the fact that it was this same Jesus that you crucified, that God raised from the dead. The Bible states here, and when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. You know what? That's what conviction does. That pricking lets you know of the guilt that lies within your own bosom. Zechariah 12. The Bible here says something else I want you to get a hold of. Zechariah in chapter 12. Verse 10. The Bible says, And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the house upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in the bitterness of him as one that is embittered for his firstborn. Folks, I want you to know, that's what it is to be convicted over sin. And that's what is being spoken of there in Zechariah. It goes back to the book of Acts and then back to the book of Matthew in 27 where Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross of Calvary. And the Bible states that they'll look upon Him whom they pierced. You know what it's going to cause? A bitterness within them. You know what happens when you're truly, when you truly see yourself for what you are and for what you've done in this life? You realize you're the one that hung Jesus on the cross. 
You're the, re- you're the reason why that He died upon the cross of Calvary. He took your sins that you have committed, all of your transgressions that you have worked in and worked up. Listen, He has died for them for your sake. It ought to bring a, a remorse in your heart and deep down in your soul. You ought to feel guilt for that. But there's hope. There is the blessed hope. You know, you go back to, to the book of Acts in chapter 9 when, when uh, Saul was on the road to Damascus. I want you to consider this with me here. Now I want you to think about this. When Saul was on the road to Damascus, he was what is known as a, he was a wicked man, no doubt. He was a man who was, who was threatening people with jail. He was threatening the lives of those that walked in the way of Christ. Matter of fact, he consented unto the death of many of God's children. Here was a man on the road to Damascus. As he was on the way, he was breathing out threatenings. In other words, that's all that he could think of. What was on his mind? Nothing but pure evil for God's people. But God... But God got a hold of him, did He not? God struck him down right where he was at. And He caused him to realize you're fighting against the very God of heaven who you say that you're trying to protect from this evilness. We see that all our wicked acts and all of our sinful desires, all of our sinful transgressions are in direct conflict with the holy God of heaven. And that's the way it was with Saul that day. He was in direct conflict of the God of heaven. And that's the way every lost sinner is in this house today. You may not realize it. You may not own up to it. But you know this, you're in conflict with the holy God of heaven. As you sit in this house today, unrepented of, And sin coursing through your veins. You're standing in direct conflict of the Holy God who sent His Son to die and give His life a ransom that whosoever will may come unto Him and be saved all to all the ends of the earth. Oh, what a Savior. Amen. There's your blessed hope. There's the wonderful hope. This is the reason why that we are to repent. Not only that, but the Word of God declares as it is written in Acts 17 and 30. If you remember as Paul, uh, after he had been changed by God's amazing grace, his name was even changed. He was a Mars Hill one day. As he looked at all the Greeks and all those uh, philosophers and everybody else that were standing around worshiping all these different gods, they had idols for everything. Everywhere you looked, there was an idol, a different idol that they were worshiping. But isn't it hard to believe that all those great scholars were worshiping something that couldn't breathe, couldn't speak, couldn't taste, couldn't see, couldn't hear. But yet they worshiped it. Just like people do today. They worship the almighty dollar today. They don't have time for God. I've got to make my money now while, I'm, while the daylights are burning. 
Folks, I want you to know something. There's more to life than money. There's more to life than the things that we, that we pour our lives into. There's more to life. The greatest thing that you could do is bring glory to God Almighty. Amen. That's the greatest thing that you could do this morning is to praise His holy name in righteousness and to, de- and to declare that He is God. Listen, as Paul was walking through all the different places of worship and all the different idols, he came to this one as said to the unknown God, this is who I declare unto you today. He is the God of heaven, the living God of heaven. And he states this, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. That's a command of God, folks. This phrase God winked at here in the Greek is a, is a word that means to overlook. It means, it means to not punish for. And there was a time when God did not punish the man for all this wickedness. But retribution is coming. The day of reckoning is coming and it's soon going to be upon this earth. Even in today's society, mankind thinks nothing of their sin. God has not punished all of mankind up to this point. Man believes he has escaped God's eye as well as his wrath. But a day of reckoning is coming. Ezekiel 18 and 4. Once again, we go back to our text. Now I want you to look at this. Ezekiel 18 and verse 4. The Bible says, Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Verse 20 again, the very first part of that verse says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Whether in this life or the life which comes after mortal death, whether it's God's vengeance or simply His reckoning, mankind will assume the debt of unrepented sin. Remember again the words of Acts 17.31. And I say unto you this very moment, this is words that is so powerful. And yet so many people today refuse it. It says, Because He hath appointed a day in which He will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom He hath ordained, whereof He hath given assurance unto all men, in that He hath raised Him from the dead. But the promise of hope is sin repented of, is sin forgotten. The promise of hope is sin repented of, is sin that is cast behind His back. Ezekiel 18 and 22 says it again, all his transgressions that he hath committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him. In his righteousness that he hath done, he shall live. Verse 27 and 28 again, the Bible says, And again, when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed, and doth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive. 
Because he considereth and turneth away from all his transgressions that he hath committed, he shall surely live and not die. Acts in chapter 3, in verse 19, has it this way. I want you to look at this. Maybe you're here today and you don't know the Lord is your Savior. I want you to consider these things, what the Bible says. You see, this is a forgotten doctrine among many Baptists today, the doctrine of repentance. In the world of easy believism, say this prayer or shake my hand or raise your hand. Listen, I want you to know what real, real salvation does. Real salvation will make you repent. It will make you turn from your old life, turn to a new life. That's what real repentance does. The Bible says in verse 19 of Acts 3, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Don't you want your sins to be completely blotted out? I know I did. I know I wanted all of my sins. I don't even want to remember my sins, but yet in these old minds... Our old sins come back to us from time to time and they remind us of what we were. Listen, that's the devil doing that. He reminds you of what you used to be. Man, I'll tell you what, I'll be honest with you, it breaks my heart to remember what I used to be. It makes me sick to my stomach to remember the things that I've done. But yet I know that my God says I've forgotten them. Praise God. I praise my Lord today that He has removed all of that as far away from Him as far as the east is from the west, the Bible says. Which goes on for who knows. It's, it's, just, it's ever going. I thank God for His salvation. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says in verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent! What does repentance do? Again, it changes the way that you look at things. You see yourself as what God sees you as, a real sinner. And the guilt and conviction that comes in is because God shows you His holiness. Oh, what a Savior. What a Savior. The Bible states in Luke 24, I'm going to go over here before I move to my next point. In Luke in chapter 24, verse 45, to begin with, the Bible says, Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures. You know what? That's what I'm praying happens in this house this morning. I can preach my heart out, and I'm not... I'm not a great speaker, and I know that. I know there's all kinds of other preachers in the world. That are, they're pretty good orators. But not a one of them's voice can save you. Not a one of them's mind can save you. Not a one of them's application of the Word of God can save you. Only God can save you and make a new person out of you. But the Bible states here something that I want you to get a hold of. Then He opened their understanding. I pray to God today that your understanding will be opened in this house about the gospel message. Overlook my voice. 
and come to the Scriptures. The Scriptures was what makes the difference. And He said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in His name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You know what? This is our little Jerusalem today. And you know what I'm preaching? I'm preaching that God's people need to be praying that sinners will repent and believe the Scriptures. That is my prayer today. Now secondly, I want you to look at this. God gives a new spirit and a new heart. In Ezekiel 18 and 31, Cast away from you all your transgressions whereby ye have transgressed, and make you a new heart and a new spirit. This is what happens after conviction and repentance has come. Man, I've got to do better writing. I had to add that in there. I left out a few words I should have had there. (laughs) But this is... What happens after real conviction and repentance comes to an individual? In 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, the Bible says those that have been changed or saved by God's amazing grace are new creatures in Christ Jesus. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's what happens at salvation. The old man is crucified. Amen? Amen. The old man is done away with. We fight the old man continually in our new lives. We try to keep him at bay the best we can. We're new people. There's a new desire. There's a new want to within within the hearts of people that are really saved by God's amazing grace. A new man with new desires. A new attitude with a new walk. That's what you saw in Acts chapter 9 when Saul was on the road to Damascus. Before God got through with him, he changed his ways, he changed his mind, and he changed his name. That's what happens when real salvation comes in. Saul was a different man, was he not? He couldn't be called Saul no more. God gave him a new name. He called him Paul, for he was a deliverer of men. Think about it. That's a change that God makes in an individual. That's not saying that every sinner that's saved becomes a preacher or a pastor. I believe that every sinner that's saved is a preacher. You say, well, what do you mean? I believe that word preach means, according to the Scriptures, it means that one who comes forth with good news. Folks, I've got good news for you today. Your sins shall be washed white as snow. I've got good news for you today. Listen, your eternal death that you were looking at has been been wiped off and now you have eternal life. Oh, what a Savior. Here we see exactly what happens at salvation. Saul was going in a direction which was unpleasing to God. But upon the transformation, Saul became Paul with a new direction. The very polar opposite of what he was. This can happen to anyone. This can happen to you here this morning. Mark chapter 5, I believe if I'm not mistaken, is where Jesus Christ met the man who was possessed with devils and the gatherings. You know what happened when Jesus got through with him? The Bible states that he was a completely different man. Before they had to chain him and put fetters on him and he broke them. 
No man could tame him, the Bible says. Listen, I want you to know today that no man can tame the sinful spirit. No man can tame it. Only God can rectify that problem. And He does that through His Son, Jesus Christ, who died and was buried and rose again the third day for your justification. And the Holy Spirit begins that work and that drawing power. You become a saved individual. Bible says in verse 1 down through verse 9 that this man was filled with demons. As a matter of fact, when Jesus asked his name, he said, and Jesus didn't do it just uh, just because he didn't know who was in him. Jesus knew exactly what was in him and who his name was. He said, our name is Legion for we are many. Today there are many people in this world who are still being possessed by the devil himself. People today don't believe that that's even possible. But let me tell you something. It is truly possible to be possessed by a demon yourself today. You vacate the very word of God. You vacate Jesus Christ out of your life and see who comes in. It's the devil himself or one of his demons. Folks, I want you to know something. People don't believe that today, but it's real. Demon possession is still real today. That's the reason why we have such hideous sins going around this world today. Because of demon possession. People don't preach it no more. But let me tell you something. You live a life without Jesus Christ in your heart, you'll find out that you're, you're wide open for demon possession. You're wide open for the devil and his attacks. There's a lot of people that are filled that way today because they have no time for Jesus. They don't have time for Jesus. The devil will make time for himself. You often heard it said, and I don't mind is the devil's playhouse. Folks, the, the vacant heart is also the devil's home. You need Jesus in your life to protect you. The same transformation that took place in in this old demon-possessed man took place in the Philippian jailer as well. Here was a man who also was a man of, of great power and authority and who'd done mischief to the people of God. He done so because he was unsaved. In Acts 16, 30 through 34. I'm going to read this real quick, and I want you to listen to me. The Bible says, you know, after Paul and Silas had been preaching and praying and singing, the jailhouse was rocked to pieces. This old jailer was about to take his own life because he knew that's what was exactly coming to him, but he wanted a quick end to his life. And they stopped him. He came in. He said, I want a light. I want to see what you're saying is true. Folks, I want you to know something. Here's your light today. Amen. Know that it's true. 
Know that what God says is to you today. And it's opening up a way. It's revealing what is hidden in the darkness. That's what God's Word will do for you this very moment. The Bible says, and He brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And thy house. And this is the same change that can take place in your, your heart this very moment. In Acts 16, 11 through 15, we also see another individual. You know what this lady was doing? She was down by the riverside. You know what she was actually doing? She was worshiping. Consider yourself by the river today. You may not realize it. You may have it in your heart and mind to know that this is what you feel is worship. But know this is the place that Jesus can make a complete change in your heart. Lydia was a woman who, who understood the things of God. Who understood that there was a need to worship this God. You look outside this beautiful morning. And you have to realize there's a need to worship our God. The creator of all that is. Listen to me today. He is here to give you life. He's here to do for you just as, just as uh, 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 this lady was done for here by the riverside as she went down to dye her clothes. She was worshiping. Lydia was also at this place of worship when she was amazingly transformed. What happened? She heard the gospel message which Paul spoke. You see that in Acts 16 and 14. What happened then? The Lord opened her mind. Lord opened her heart. You don't know the prayers that this old pastor's prayed even this morning. As I've prayed, God save every lost soul in that house. I meant that prayer because I know it's possible. Because we serve a living God. We serve the God who gave His Son to give His life for you and I. So how does this change come to you in this house of worship today? I've got about five minutes left on the, on the hour broadcast. The first thing, you got to hear the Word, folks. you got to hear the Word. That's the reason why I prayed this morning the prayer that I prayed before I got started that God would arrest your thought process. I want you to hear. I want you to hear the way of hope. It's through Jesus Christ. Man never will be changed until he first hears there's an indictment against him. You're indicted today because you're a sinner. You're born this way. Romans 3 9 through 18 spells it out for you very plainly. Romans 2 and 1 says, And because of all this, therefore thou art inexcusable, O man. Know first of all that you're a lost sinner. Secondly, you need to know, you need, to, you need the, the knowledge of repentance of sin. 
We go back to Ezekiel 18, 27 and 18. Uh, uh, 27 and 28, it talks about the fact that we are to turn from our transgressions. To do that which is right and lawful. You know what that is? To obey God's command that every man, man everywhere should repent. Listen. You need to repent of sin, which means you need to turn and change your way. Because he considereth and turneth away from all his transgressions. That word considereth means he's thinking about his life. You need to be thinking about your life today. You need to realize that today's the day of salvation and not promised tomorrow. Turn. Turn from your sin today. Listen, folks, I want you to know something. As we live this day here, as we live this day, any moment Jesus could call us home, then what would be your fate? Could you imagine a life without the Holy Spirit or God's people? I can't even begin to phantom it. You know how bad it is today in today's society? You wait till the Holy Spirit is gone and all of God's children are gone. Then you're going to see how wicked man can really be. We talk about total depravity today like we know what we're talking about. Listen, you'll know what total depravity is when the Holy Spirit of God is gone and Christians are off the face of the earth. You'll know then what total depravity is really all about. As wicked as this world is today, you ain't seen nothing yet. Sadly. So what must you turn to and how must you believe? Romans 1.16, the Apostle Paul stated he was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it was the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans 10, verse 8 through 17 tells you exactly the process that comes about in salvation. Are you willing today to set under the process? Are you willing today to come to your senses and realize, listen, you don't need to be head over, hit over the head with something. You don't need to see a big flash of light. Listen, the Bible simply states, you believe and thou shalt be saved. Amen. Believe and thou shalt be saved. You know, I hear men today, they blame God for them not being saved. Listen, you don't blame God you put the blame where it belongs, right on yourself. You need to repent and trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, or you'll never be saved. Oh, may God get a hold of your heart today. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Oh, may God grant unto you this Lord's day a heart of repentance. And may you believe the Holy Scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation as Paul spoke to Timothy. And this transformation can take place in the house of worship this very Lord's Day. It can happen right now. Right where you're sitting. You don't even have to wait for a song to be sang. You don't have to wait for nothing more. Then to look to God and say, Lord, I repent. And I'm trusting Thee as Savior. I believe that You sent Your Son to die for me on the cross of Calvary. And without that death, I'll never know Jesus. 
Oh, may God open your mind today. May God reveal unto you His great salvation. Let's all stand, please.